99% of people say that family is the most important thing in their life. Yet, building a harmonious family can be a challenge to many of us. So many questions we have no answers to. In this podcast, I, Nevena Bajalac, Dubai's number one harmonious family expert and coach, author and speaker, interview parents around the globe so you can hear the real stories, experiences and struggles parents face. Every guest will, will share with us a unique discovery about parenting, something that nobody told them about. And I will also share with all of you unique tools, strategies that you can use to enjoy parenting more and building that harmonious family you have dreamed about. Welcome to the new episode of Building a Harmonious Family with Nevena Bajalac. And today, my guest is coming to us from U.S. Her name is Denise Purdy. Purdy, I'm not sure if I pronounced that well. Denise will uh, correct me. So Denise is transformational coach. And today we're going to talk about uh, her parenting journey. She's mother of three. And also she's very passionate into helping women recognize the patterns that sabotage them, that help them experience a lot of negative emotion and really help you thrive in your life. So Denise, welcome to the show and thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So please tell me how do I pronounce your last name? You were right. It's Purdy, just like Purdy. it looks. All right. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> so Denise, tell us a little bit more. You have a grown-up daughter. Your oldest one is 23. So tell us a little bit more. You were a young mom and um, tell us how your journey started and a little bit more. Um, what is parenting for you? Yeah. So um, I'll say that at this stage of my life, um, I, I believe that parenting is a personal growth course in and of itself, that it's a great opportunity for us to learn more about who we are and an opportunity for us to grow into who we're meant to be. Um, so, so my story, my, my oldest is 23 and I was 19 when I had her. And I realized at the time when I found out I was pregnant that I was living in a family pattern. And so um, that pattern was my mom had my brother um, 17 going on 18. And I came along right after that. And then my, and, and wasn't married. And then my grandma, pretty much like the same story. So there was, there was this, this repeat history of having children, not being married or getting married because they were pregnant and their relationships were not healthy. They were not healthy relationships. I remember growing up and it was just very challenging between my parents. And I realized then that, um, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I didn't want to repeat that. There was something about it. I just instinctively knew like, hang on a second, I'm doing what they did. Things don't look so good. So how do I adjust that? How do I change the trajectory of my experience as a person, but also as a mom and, and give my daughter a different experience. And so I opted out of getting married. I didn't follow that next step that, you know, everyone expected me to, to do and just felt like that was the best um, thing I could have ever done. Um, and it just really gave me an opportunity to look more at what I really wanted out of life instead of following the family patterns and just doing what everyone had always done. 
I love that. I love that. And that's so true. I think we do that maybe sometimes from the fear, like, or, or we, we just believe we're going to do the same because that's how we grow up or we don't know better. We don't have much awareness. So really breaking those patterns is very important and powerful, but yeah, sometimes we have to trust the, the new generations and young generations. And I know my mom got married very young. She stayed pregnant, 18, 19, and she was so afraid that we're going to do the same, right? But that was her fear. <laughs> but yeah. now me and my sister, we're not married yet. So now she's like, okay, what's happening now? Why are you doing <laughs> so there's always something that, uh, you know, parents are fearing and, uh, but everything happens mm-hmm. for a reason, I believe. So how was the becoming a mom at that young age? And tell me a little bit more about your mom, because she went through a similar situation. Did you felt like you had support? How was, how was that for you? Yeah. So I feel like, uh, probably went through what her mom went through is my guess that, you know, wanted something different for me, but didn't know how to give it to me. So in the beginning it was a little awkward and it was actually a little challenging. I feel like our relationship was a little challenged, but, um, but at the same time, I did receive a lot of support. She's still a great supporter today and, you know, to helps take care of my kids, helps us with whatever we need. So I feel like that relationship, um, I don't feel like it was challenged as much, partly just recognizing that I was a different person, that I wasn't her and um, her just, I think, trusting that I would continue to make the best decisions that I knew how to make. Um, And so, and I I actually would say, I think that there's a part of her that probably secretly wished she would have maybe made the same decision, you know, Um, Mm. and, and saw that there was a different way to, to, to live life, a different way to have a different experience. So, um, so I feel like so much of that though, impacted how I parents, like you said, you know, we, we sometimes parent out of fear. I also find that, and I think you probably agree. We also, we might say, I'm not going to do that because my parents did that. Right. How many of us say that? Like, I'm not going to do that to my kids. And, (laughs) um, and what I've discovered in that is there's two things. One, because our habits are so ingrained in us in a way that we don't usually understand, we still do something in some fashion that our parents did. So even though I decided to not get married, I still carried a lot of, I would say, bitterness and anger and frustration that was just kind of like passed down that I, I watched happen in my life and in my family. And I exuded those same things. I didn't know how to control them. Um, so I yelled a lot and, you know, like didn't handle like overwhelming frustration very well and took it out on my daughter. And I would say even until um, my younger two are 12 and 10. And I would say until my youngest was probably about five, I probably still had that, that behavior of not handling overwhelm and yelling in response to feeling like I'm out of control. Um, and so, you know, I did that even though I didn't want to be doing that, I didn't know how to control it. And so once I kind of learned, you know, and stepped into that, um, but also I think along those lines, when we do that, we also, don't realize we're, we're not creating choice for ourselves. Cause we're, we're just saying, I'm not going to do that. So the only choice is to do the exact opposite, which means there's still no choice about how you choose to behave. Right. So once you can acknowledge that, and that, that's sort of the work that I do with, with women in some cases is where are you living the either or life? Because there's no choice in that you get to do this or you get to do this and there's nothing in between. And so it just still really limits you and your ability to show up as a parent and as a person. 
Yeah, true, true, true. And uh, tell me now you have two more children, right? What happened after? Yes. And uh, how was different you parenting your first one and then having a second one and third one? Yeah. So my first one, I was essentially a single mom. Her dad was involved a little bit, but, but not near as much as one might, you know, want. And so she was seven when I got married, um, married my current husband. And, um, and then we, we decided to kind of wait. I really wanted to kind of get used to the three of us as a family unit before we added kids and just sort of have that really good solid acclimation period where, um, I felt like, I really just kind of thought about what her experience would be like coming into a family, um, having a father figure and what that was like. In fact, I wanted even the wedding to be, I wanted her to be included as a part of that. I didn't want it to be like, oh, it's just my wedding, you know? So I made sure when, um, when I got gifts that she got gifts that were like specific to her and her new room and just stuff like that. I really tried to make it an experience for her. And then as we added, um, our two other daughters, um, definitely just feel like a, I was older. I had more wisdom, um, just about how I wanted things to be. And I understood nurturing my kids a little bit more too. So I think that there's a lot that is to be said about just your age and, and wisdom with aging for sure. <laughs> um, so, you know, there's 10 years between my oldest and my middle daughter. And so there's a lot of learning in there. There's a lot of growth in there. Um, and I also, the difference too, was with my youngest or my oldest, I was a full-time working mom. I went to school full-time. I was still trying to right get my feet on the ground. Um, and so by the time my middle daughter came around, I was able, I was working from home. I had a direct sales business. So I just had way more flexibility. I had the opportunity to spend more time with her, um, and focus on just being the mom and the business owner, as opposed to just trying to keep up and, you know, yeah. like get my feet sturdy. Um, and then my youngest, um, it's interesting because I feel like my oldest and my youngest are very similar in personality, but I think they came into the world, um, into our lives in very similar ways. So even though, um, my youngest, um, she just didn't, we didn't, we didn't plan her. And so when she came along, when she was born, it was a very volatile time, just in terms of time of year, activities we had going on and me kind of figuring out my way. I was in the midst of this like personal transformation of trying to become the woman I knew I could be, but I was also a mom and had a career. And so um, I feel like all those things impact us. And so my parenting changed throughout all of that, right? Every kid was a different experience. And I remember hearing once that, um, that kids, all have a different, like each kid in your family has a different parent because we, be, we become a different person along the way. We parent the kids differently because they're different personalities. So I would say that the biggest difference is just me learning how to handle myself more effectively. So each one of them has gotten a better version of me along the way. Honestly, I think that it's easy to see that. So what would you say to moms who are maybe in a similar position who, you know, maybe feel overwhelmed. They don't know what they're doing. They have a lot on their plate. Maybe they're single moms as well. So mm -hmm. what is one advice that you wish you knew at the time? And it really you think will make impact on, on your first daughter as well. 
Yeah. Well, I feel like the biggest thing is even as a single mom that you don't have to do it all. I think sometimes we adopt this belief that we have to do everything and really that there are people around to support. And and even if it feels like there's not, we just really have to look and search and and be open to receiving help. That's the biggest thing. I was not open to receiving help. It was around me, but I just sort of had adopted this mentality that I'm going to do it myself. So I I feel like that's probably one of the biggest things is a, you don't have to do it yourself and B um, I really would love to encourage any woman that's in that place of just overwhelm and just feeling like things are too much, whether you've got a spouse or not that um, everything that you need is within you. And really part of the growth process is just figuring out where it is and removing the clouds, so to speak, that are preventing you from seeing what is in within you that you can use to your advantage instead of feeling defeated by your circumstances. Um, so really just that internal journey, like look within everything you need is there. It's already here. So would you share with us now as a life coach, maybe one tool that if you feel overwhelmed as a parent, you can use to just feel better in that moment. What is maybe one tool that you would recommend? Yeah. So I like to use this often and I tell people, It's simple, but it's not always easy. And because it's so simple, a lot of people will skip over it. So I say that so that the people that are thinking that when they hear me will maybe listen twice. (laughs) And it really is as simple as just pausing and taking some deep breaths, giving yourself your, your physical body, your emotional body, your spiritual body, like giving all the parts of you an opportunity that like just slow down so that you have an opportunity to respond instead of react. Because what I find is our nervous systems and our, right, our emotional system is like on fight or flight. So it's just reacting to everything that's coming. And a lot of times we get frustrated by those reactions and just that pause and the, the deep breathing, even just five or 10 deep breaths really creates space within you. So you can think effectively, you can refocus, you can get into the present moment and make a decision from there instead of reacting to like all of the circumstances around you. And so it's, just it's, breathing. Yeah. They say the the children have a torch and a mirror, right? So they <laughs> kind of, you know, like really light up everything you don't like, and they really know how to trigger parents oh, um, and they show you actually what areas you have to work on. So if you're not patient, you're going to always trigger your patients. If you really care, it's very funny how different parents really focus on some areas that are super important, right? Some parents really love children to always be neat and clean, right? So they get very upset and stressed when they're not. And it starts with those simple things, but we really get stressed around those simple things. But then for me, it's very funny, like you said, and always you should respond, not react. But with children, we are so emotionally connected with them and we, we care so much that we usually just react and snap in the, in the moment. So this is, the, this is definitely something that we need to practice. And it comes with practice. I also always tell families, you need to practice. You will recognize, oh, I snapped again okay, next time I'm just going to try to pause and just step back and look and say, okay, what is this teaching me? Is this really so important? Why am I being so upset? You know, when your children might come and they're growing up, they will tell you stuff, you're wrong, or they will challenge your opinions. Yeah. And you really want to be right. You're like, I'm the parent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yes. You know, oh and, and gosh. If, if it was somebody okay. else, 
you wouldn't even care, right? But because it's mm -hmm. your children, it's like, and your family, it's so important. It's the same with our parents when they say something to us and we get so upset. But if it's someone yes. we don't care so much about, then we wouldn't even, even care. So yeah. And I feel like, you know, I have so many stories just as, again, especially with my oldest and my youngest that I, <laughs> I, I joke that like those two are the ones that have, that are here to bring me all the lessons I need to learn. <laughs> So my oldest would, would challenge me in a way sometimes. And I would, I would actually be like, well, crap, she's right. You know, like now what do I do? Because I don't have anything to say. And I also don't want her to be right because I'm the parent. Right. <laughs> so there's that. And then my youngest, um, you know, she's taught me a lot in other ways. Um, she's a really great outside the box thinker. And so she's just really shown me and places in my life where I feel like I fall into the limited thinking and not negative, but just limited. And she'll ask like, Hey, how do you do this? And I'll be like, I don't think that you can. And then literally 30 seconds later, she'll spot off. Yeah, we could do it this way. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's taught me a lot about not caring what other people think because she really is her own person and she owns it. Like I have pictures of her where she would, load her head up with all these bows and like most of us would think completely obnoxious, right? <laughs> um, when she was younger, she would wear two different shoes. She was always mismatching clothes, like even shoes. Like, and I remember someone asking me once, like, why do you let her do that? And I thought, well, A, what she chooses to do at two or three has no, is no reflection on me, honestly. Like it's, this is just her learning to express herself. And I, I think that's the other message I would say is, kids are just constantly learning how to express themselves and they're testing what's okay and what can they do in the world. Right. And we're having to figure out how to guide that. But if we're always guiding it with the belief that we have to be right, and it has to be a certain way, which is usually where we get stuck, right? Like this is the way it has to be because this is what I was taught. This is what my parents told me. We kind of end up forcing them into that, but if we can see them as an individual. And that's really what I think my youngest has taught me is to see her as an individual and let her expression of her as much as possible be okay. Now I say that because she is my sloppiest kid. So sometimes I'm like, okay, I can't, I just can't handle everything everywhere. Like, like I, I try really hard. <laughs> I'm not a super obnoxious neat freak, but right. So it's that balance of figuring out how do I let her be in an expression of herself, but also kind of teach her like, it does actually feel better when things are at least picked up. So <laughs> oh, I, I, I totally understand you, but yeah, it's, it's somehow we have to learn that what we consider that matters for us. And I see this very good through different cultures moving through Dubai, there is so many different cultures. So what we do consider like it's very, it's rude in one culture, it's not rude or it's very normal in another. And this taught me that it's just really what we were taught from previous generation and people around us. And it, it, it's very interesting. It's very funny. I love it. So mm -hmm. tell us, Denise, tell me a little bit more about your work. How do you help women? And also we will share here a link to your website and for people to reach to you. Uh, so how you help women, what is that you do? Just share with us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So um, typically the women I help are women who have a career, but they're feeling um, the, the constant tug of war between pursuing their career and being a mom, 
guilt is like their best friend because they're always feeling guilty one way or the other. They might be at home with their kids, but they're not mentally or emotionally present because they're thinking about work. So I do a lot of work around work-life balance, but also um, women that identify that there's probably something from their childhood or their past growing up somewhere, something along the way caused them to have some sort of trauma. And I really help them to work through healing those things so that they can show up as the version of them that they want to be. Um, most often, whether it's the work-life balance or some sort of trauma or emotional challenges, all of these women know that there's a version of them available and that they see themselves that they could become, but they, they've done some reading of books and they're just not quite getting to like that place where they're like, okay, I know that I know other things are possible. I know that this is not all there is to life. So how do I get there? And so, um, typically just working through some of those traumatic things, work-life balance, but then also just what are the generational habits and beliefs that have been passed on to me that are affecting my limitations right now that I don't even see are affecting me. So really work through, um, kind of a wide range of some of those things. Um, most importantly, they're just women that know that there is something better available and they're ready to seek it out. Um, that's, that's really who, you know, I'm, I'm working towards. And I would say hundred percent of them, they want to be better moms. And, um, that's, that's really what they're identifying with that, whatever the challenge is, it's affecting their parenting and they're seeing the behaviors in their kids and that's bothering them. So, um, you know, all of those things affect that. And so anyway, we bring it all together as a whole package and really help them achieve what they're looking for, which is typically some peace and harmony and just feeling whole, feeling like they're them instead of the splintered version of them that shows up every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think that contrast, sometimes we think it's bad, but I always say, if we don't experience any negative emotions, how would we know what we want? I mean, it has to be, it's part of life, right? Yin Absolutely. So when we don't feel clear, we want clarity. When we feel this guilt and, uh, you know, overwhelmed, we say, Hey, I want to be rested and, and you know, um, not yeah. have uh, this feeling. But then if we are, for example, snapping, or we are not the best version of ourselves, like you said, we want to say, hey, I want to be this, you know, mother that actually, you know, it's kind to the child, it's kind to others, I understand others' points of view, I'm not overreacting, and we can get there, but it is a journey, mm -hmm. and uh, I think it is. we have to just get rid of that uh, blaming ourselves and feeling guilty and feeling like we're going to be punished because we did something in the past and so on, so I think that's very, very important. So I would yeah. like for uh, wrapping up this session, I would like to ask you one more advice that you would give to mothers. Um, what is something that uh, for you, it's very important. And I think it's, it's important for them to hear as well. Uh, Self-care to me is really important. So um, it's another component of what I'm, I'm working with women to achieve because I feel like myself, all women included. And, and for us here in the States, especially, I, I don't think that we're immune to this and other places of the world, but we, we tend to put everyone else first and we put ourselves last and um, we have no oxygen left for ourselves. So at the end of the day, we're totally wiped out. We're totally exhausted. And what we really want is a little bit of space or a little bit of peace to just, right. Spend some time on ourselves. Um, and so really like taking the time to 
take care of yourself, honestly, to nurture yourself, find ways to nurture yourself. Um, and, and that are separate from your career. Cause I, I do yeah. believe your career nurtures you in some way, being a parent nurtures you, but really just self-nurturing. So you get to fill your own cup. You're filling your own bucket so that you can give more to other people. And that's the, the biggest, I think, takeaway is it's really not selfish to spend time on yourself. It's really a great form of self-preservation. And the reality is if you're not preserving yourself, your health, you know, in all forms, no one's going to do it for you. Number one. And number two, everything else that you want falls apart. So when you take time for yourself and you're nurturing yourself, you're actually nurturing everyone else too. It just, we've got to wrap our mind around that, right? This shift. So I would definitely say, take yeah. some good quality time for yourself. Shifting that belief, uh, you know, that uh, taking care of yourself, it's kind of selfish. I think that's the biggest one that women have. And also they mostly, even when they do it, they experience a lot of guilt, right? Yes. And I think it comes with this idea that we have to be a hundred percent and 24 hours there for our children. And mm-hmm. your children don't want you 24 hours. Okay, very fast. You wanna, you know, they're gonna say, hey, I wanna be with my friends, right? So you're gonna yeah. realize they want to discover, they wanna be on their own. So I think that kind of the attachment as well, that I'm in this role of a mother, but... I don't, then, you know, sometimes I think we even love that they're dependent on us, that we are needed. That's what I was just going to say yeah, is it so does not teach like, them independence. Like yes. And the children are dependent on us. So as they're growing up, I see a lot of mothers experiencing really struggling, like, oh, wow, they're growing up. No, no, they need me for homework. They need me for this. Mm-hmm. And they're like 15, right? So I'm like, wow, you know, you're still wanting to be there. And I know it's not about the child needing them. It's about the mother needing to be needed. I think that's, yes. that's so important. There's that. So one of my favorite quotes that I come back to, and you know, my oldest got married this last year. And so I feel like all throughout college, she went away to school that there is a letting go happening. And, um, but one of my favorite quotes that I just feel like I have to come back to even reminding myself of this whole thing, when I feel that challenge. And sometimes I feel that guilt, like, oh gosh, maybe I am working too much or, or, you know, like I'm feeling a little bit of that tug of war. I mean, I teach it doesn't mean I'm immune to it, but is that, um, the greatest challenge in life is to raise our children, um, to have the wings to fly on their own. The hardest part is accepting the success of that, right? Because it's such a letting go. And like, we do have to face the reality then like, oh my gosh, we're not needed. I like, I was successful, but now I have this whole grief of my own to, to figure out, but it's really a great reward. I will say that. I think that's the greatest blessing that having this age gap between my kids has given me is that I have had a lot going on at the same time consistently. So my oldest, when we took her to college, my youngest started kindergarten. So talk about like emotions on, right. <laughs> like Crazy emotions. Um, and so I always had this, like letting go and then hanging on, letting go and hanging on, right. Like trying to, to maintain both, but really the process of her going away to school and then getting married, yes, she still needs me, but it's a very different type of need, right? It's not a, I can't survive without you. And the confidence that comes with giving her the ability to survive on her own, there is like no greater reward. So I think if I were to tell other moms that if you're having trouble letting go, there's the reward isn't that they need you. The reward is that they don't need you and they can live and survive and make decisions without you. And that to me feels like success as a parent. 
Beautiful. Well, thank you, Denise. Thank you for all the wisdom. Thank you for sharing your story with us. It was really a pleasure having this conversation and having you as my guest. I want to thank all the listeners for being here, for listening. Make sure to connect with Denise. We put the links here in the description of this podcast. Um, And make sure to download, share this episode with others so they can benefit as well. I will see you in the next episode.